Welcome to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast on the WVSA Digital Network. From the Dick Sporting Goods Studios in Charleston, West Virginia, here's your host, Marcus Cole. Welcome to the podcast. Before we welcome our guests, I want to remind you to like, subscribe, and share our program. Now, this helps us get the word out to others and let them know that we're providing valuable information designed for soccer players, coaches, referees, and parents. Well, it's the new year. It's 2023, which means that we're going to have back on Skip Gilbert, CEO of USU Soccer. Skip, welcome back to the program. Oh, Marcus, thanks very much. It's always great to, to be here and be with you. We're excited to have you back because we wanted to check in with you and kind of get a state of the union, so to speak, of U.S. youth soccer. So why don't we go ahead and dive right into things? Um, I heard that uh, we have some new ODP training center information. Can you talk to us and let the people know what's going on with that? Yeah, absolutely. We're we're real excited about a uh, a partnership that we're forging with a group out in North Carolina. Um, that is putting together a, a it's, it's actually an Olympic training center. Um, and because of my past and within the Olympic movement, they came to us and said, look, you know, you're not the NGB, but you guys put together and have a history of doing some great things with your ODB program. Would you want to be a part of this facility? And it is a, it's part of a, I think it's the University of North Carolina, Charlotte campus, but a number of other Olympic NGBs have already made their home there. And so they're all opening it up from a facility standpoint, sports science, uh, video training, and we're going to have full access to be able to do some really incredible things that we now can say is the official USYS high performance training center um, for ODP. Uh, so we're, we're just now starting Tom Condone, Aaron Heffernan, you know, our team are putting together these plans of what that can look like, but it'll be tremendous for, you know, OD player, ODP players moving forward. Wow. That is incredible and exciting news. It's going to be a great opportunity for all of our players. Um, some other news that, uh, want to talk about a little bit, um, some programming, different programming avenues that we have within USU soccer from uh, for the Rec Soccer League America. Can you share what's going on in that area? Sure. You know, that was something that we introduced about two years ago, you know, really is an overarching, almost branding campaign to try to give Rec kids something that they can feel like they belong to, you know, and what we see is and every every state association, every club is going through this where kids, they get to that 11, 12, 13, they're not going to be on the travel team. They don't think they're going to make high school or college and they give up and they don't feel like they're good enough to play. They don't feel like they're having fun. They don't feel like they're able to play with their classmates or teammates, um, you know, or even in a, in a co-ed environment. And they just they just leave the game. And our vision, you know, has from the get-go when we we changed our vision when I first got here to be to bring communities together through the power of soccer, making lifelong fans of the game. And if kids are leaving at the age of 12, how are they truly going to become fans of the game if they feel disillusioned with the sport? So if we can, and we don't, again, we're, we're working on this now and we're putting this information out and working with all of the state associations, clubs, whoever has, you know, great ideas, how do we change the paradigm so that if I'm a 13 year old kid that, uh, you know, I just want to play for fun. 
I don't necessarily want to play 11 v 11 every Saturday or go to training two or three times a week. I, but I still love the sport. And, you know, the beauty of soccer is it becomes part of your lifestyle. So what can we do? You know, can we create, I'll take, use basketball as an example. They created 3v3. Um, it was to get more kids to stay in the game. And now it's an Olympic sport. Football has gone to flag football to offset the concussion element. And it's bringing kids back in numbers. Lacrosse just introduced lacrosse sixes to, again, be able to use smaller fields, more kids, be able to be interchangeable. How can we make that an, a, a an, an official kind of programming element to keep kids involved in the sport? And so we're we're putting out, you know, as many feelers as we can as to, you know, what kind of short-sighted games might we be able to do? And then how can we make sure that those kids stay connected to their state association and ultimately to USYS for just wanting to go out and play occasionally? Absolutely. And, and it's great. I think that um, us as a soccer community, we need to come to where these players are per se, as opposed to putting these restrictions on and these, um, uh, uh, I don't know what the word is, but, um, you know, you got to be at training two to three times a week and you just want, and I've got other stuff going on in my life that I want to be a part of as you get older, um, that kind of thing. So being able to be accommodating and fit things in, I think works great. Well, and, and if you think about it, I mean, we were just talking about ODP. You know, and and at that level, you know, and again, I'll do a shout out, um, Julianne Sitch. I don't know if anybody on on your broadcast, you know, knows that name, but she's the head coach of the University of Chicago men's soccer team that just won the Division Three championship, and she's the first woman coach of a men's team to win a soccer championship. And she came through our ODP programming. And there are, I believe last weekend at the Women's College Cup, there were 65 alumni of USYS programming. So at the top end, we're doing really well. But at the base, we want to make sure, you know, there are millions of kids each year that that play the at the pure grassroots level and thousands will walk away. And we have to ask ourselves, why and what can we do to bring them back? And that almost becomes more important than the actual ODP side of the house, because you know that's always going to be there. And those kids have that passion. They have the skill they want to play. But for kids that get disillusioned because they're not having fun, they're not playing with their, their teammates, they don't feel like they belong, we need to change that narrative. And we need to come together to be able to create that programming to get that job done. Yeah, we need to look look at them a little bit harder, a little bit longer and, and figure out how to keep them. Because, I mean, so I, I really, truly believe soccer is the game for life for for a lot of these players and, and can be for them. Um, another topic, we're talking to Skip Gilbert, CEO of USU Soccer, development of player welcome kits. What's this all about? <laughs> yeah, this is one that, you know, as, as I walk up and down the sidelines of various games and, you know, and, and even back before I came to USYS, you know, there's an awful lot of kids, parents, coaches 
that really don't understand the dynamics of what a state association can deliver or what USYS does to support their energies on and off the field of play. And so we're putting together these welcome kits and we're probably going to test it with our ODP players first and then we'll go into our national league and then ultimately want to be able to open it up to, you know, through all of our assets to, to all of the state associations for every player. But when a parent signs a player up for registration, you should be able to receive a digital kit that talks about really, you know, from a player's perspective, what are they getting themselves into? What should be their expectations? What are the resources as a parent that I can learn from to understand how do I help navigate the pathway for a soccer player? And truly, what's the chances of my seven-year-old becoming a D1 scholarship player? To be very realistic and to be able to put all of that out in front of them so that then we can also tout that, hey, we have state cup competitions. We have national championships. We have President's Cup. We have, you know, USYS University. We have all of these assets that are there that most people probably don't realize that is there as from a supporting mechanism. And if they get that right away, again, it makes them feel like they belong to a much greater entity than just their team, their club, their league, their state association and USYS. It all kind of brings that together. And if we can do it and if we can make it impactful, then again, it, it it makes rhyme to reason that people are going to want to stay involved with all of the above throughout their entire player playing career. And we all know that the game is very fractionalized and there's a lots of choices that players can make in terms of what path do they want to take? Well, we want to put our best foot forward so that they ensure that they stay with USYS from the time they're six through the time that they're 19. And we've even gone so far as to say, you know, I, if you if you carry an American Express card and you're as old as I am, you know the, they used to have American Express membership has its privileges, and you know you'd get on your card member since, and it was a badge of honor that you were a member since you know the the dark ages when I was younger. But with a soccer player, could we do the same thing so that it, you're a proud member of USYS and you could get you know all the way from six to nineteen you know, those fourteen years. And if you got to that 14 year, can we get you something special to commemorate the fact that you've been a loyal member of this organization your entire career? So those are the things that we're trying to come out with. And we're going to, as I say, we'll be testing it, you know, slowly but surely in the, in the beginning of 23, and then hopefully be able to roll it out, roll it all out by the fall. One thing that's on our uh, parents' mind a lot uh, is player safety. Uh, what are some of the things that USU soccer is doing when it comes to player safety? You know, that's, that's from a priority standpoint, there's probably nothing more uh, at a higher level, you know, than player safety. And, you know, again, we all are doing the right things, you know, to be able to go put the adults to the background check, to have the educational resources. Um, but again, from USYS's perspective, we need someone who's living, breathing, sleeping, you know, through player safety, you know, that whole process. So we're going to be posting very soon um, a position that's going to focus on player safety here at USYS that, you know, will help each of our states 
um, you know, whatever resources, whatever support we need to be able to drive through so that we're all doing the right things and that we ensure that parents have the confidence that, you know, when they sign up with USYS, that safety is is a, a paramount priority and that we'll do everything we can to, to do the right things to make sure that, you know, if there are bar bad apples out there, that we keep them away from the field. We're talking to Skip Gilbert, CEO of USU Soccer, as we wrap up things here on the podcast and skip State of the Union, so to speak. Um, another concern that obviously we all have um, from, uh, and we hear about stories in the news, and uh, our referees are, are very important. Without referees, we don't have a game. Um, what are some of the things that USU Soccer is doing when it comes to referee support? Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. If you don't have referees, you don't have a game. You know, I mean, you know, we can play short-sided games and try to referee ourselves, but, you know, the World Cup's going on right now. And given the passion behind that, you know, if you don't have, you know, a, a core of really capable referees, um, you're not going to get the, the end result that you want. The issue is that you can't have a World Cup if we don't have an incredible stable of referees that are helping out with the younger age groups, you know, it's that entire pathway. And what we're seeing, not just in soccer, but across all youth sport is there's a, a decline in referee numbers. And not only are we having a hard enough time getting people to say, Oh, I want to be a referee. How do I sign up? That's tough in itself, but we're also not keeping referees in the game longer. And part of the reason, and a very big reason, is the conduct that the referees have to put up with on the field of play from players, from parents, from coaches, that it almost becomes a very, you know, as they say in the workplace, a hostile environment. And we don't put up with that you know, in our, in any organization around the country, why should we put up with it on the field to play? And so we have to be doing more and more things to give the, the referees the confidence that they're going to be safe. And so we've done things like we've teamed up with the St. Louis Sports Commission that have come out with a campaign called Let Them Play. Um, and and it's, it's, it's a great campaign with educational resources, signage for events, but it really, you know, it goes down to no ref, no play, um, you know, and so we're trying to do that, but we've also just, um, we're about to announce the hiring of, of uh, for a new position here at USYS, which is the, a referee development manager. And again, it's to be able to be out there to support all of the efforts of our state associations, you know, the clubs, the leagues, the teams, to be able to ensure that we provide the ammunition, the educational support, you know, to hopefully create some behavioral change so that the sidelines are still as loud and raucous as they can be, but it stops from crossing the line to being belligerent and hostile against the individual that's out there doing their best to make the call, you know, and, and I, I'll end on, there's, there's one difference that I wish every parent and coach understood was that, you know, before a team takes the field, they practice an awful lot. You know, they go through three, four practices a week or, you know, whatever it is, they're, you know, they're getting their 10,000 touches on the ball to be able to make them better players with referees. 
often their first exposure is on the field to play. They don't have practices that they go to. Games are where referees practice. And the only feedback they get, especially at a league game, you know, is the feedback they get if they have their lines. But when they come together, they can talk a little bit. But it's not like they've got a coach or parents that are kind of helping the kids get through their side. They're kind of on their own. And if they have a choice of being able to, to do something they love, yet having a belligerent parent, player, or coach constantly chirping in their ear or coming after them in the parking lot, it's going to make it really difficult for them to want to stay. We have to change that narrative. Absolutely. And and you hit it on, you hit the nail on the head earlier with not only is it hard getting new referees, it's hard keeping those referees. I know our numbers here in West Virginia, the attrition rate um, is amazing that, you know, we lose half of our referees after two years that have signed up. So just that process of trying to recruit and trying to get more referees and uh, trying to keep those referees is, uh, is very, very hard work. And uh, it's great that uh, we're putting some more support together uh, for our referee crews and our associations through USU soccer, skip Gilbert state of the union uh, CEO of USU soccer. Thank you so much for coming back on the program and talking to us here in 2023. Thanks, Marcus. Great to be here and wish everybody in West Virginia a great holiday season and a terrific 23. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope we provided some valuable information for you today. And if we did, make sure you let everybody know about our program. You can follow us on our social media channels, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for us at WV Soccer. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share our program. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved.